This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. I want to ask a question a little more practical than probably what I would normally do on a Sunday night. But I'm looking tonight, we've been looking at the church of Laodicea, and I want you to turn to Revelation 3. The question I want to answer tonight, how do you know if you are a lukewarm Christian? Now, man, we'll hear preachers talk about that. We'll hear preachers preach about that. We'll hear them stomp and stammer and yell and scream and shout and spit. And they'll do like I did this morning and talk about preachers in skinny jeans and all that stuff. And, but nobody ever tells, how do you know if you are one? And what do you do to get out of it? Because, beloved, though the last day's church will be lukewarm... That is not the will of God. You don't have to stay lukewarm. You don't have to dwell in a lukewarm place. It just simply takes understanding and it takes changing. Let me show you how I know. Look in verse number 19, and I, this is, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that'll be all right. Verse number 19 is what he says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and what? Repent. Austin, I wouldn't drink that water. I've been drinking that. Say amen right there, brother. Sorry about that. Repent. I just saw that. Don't drink that water. I'm telling you. Oh, is that mine? Drink on. So it says, <laughs> repent. Here's what I'm trying to say. Whenever anywhere in the Bible that it tells you to change, repent, turn around, that means you can make the choice to change what you're doing. So whenever we read tonight about being a lukewarm Christian, you don't have to stay lukewarm. Now let's read tonight in the book of Revelation chapter 3. We've read these verses for two weeks now. Let's read them one more time. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of, crea of the creation of God. I know thy works. Let me stop, go back to verse number 14, where that phrase, it says, the beginning of the creation of God. Now, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons will both use that verse right there to tell you that Jesus was a created being. And that's how you know that he was not the true Son of God, that he was just like Lucifer as the Mormons teach and so on and so forth. Beloved, that word beginning right there, it is the Greek word arche. And it means to be the foremost. It means to be the preeminent. It means to be before everything else. So that does not mean that he was the first one created. What that means is before the firstborn creature, he was already the foremost of the creation of all that God had and would do. Now, verse number 15. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed. 
and that thy shame and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. Now, brothers and sisters, again, we're writing to the church at Laodicea. And these people had become known for one thing. Now, there are seven churches in Asia Minor that John writes to in chapter 2 and in chapter 3. Only two of them have nothing positive said about them. One of them is the church at Laodicea. Nothing positive is said about that church. Nothing good is said about that church. Nothing on the up and up is said about that church. Here is what he does say. He says, you are not cold and you are not hot. He said, you are that temperature in between. You are lukewarm. Now, beloved, what that came to symbolize was the fact that these people served absolutely no purpose in the sight of God. Now, the last day's church is going to be that way. But let's take it down beyond what we would talk about, the general, generic, universal church. And look at your life tonight. Look at my life tonight. Look at what God wants us to be and to do and to say. And what you need to ask yourself is not, is the church as a whole hot? Is the church as a whole cold or is the church as a whole lukewarm? The question you've got to answer tonight, are you hot, are you cold, or are you lukewarm? Beloved, I remind you tonight that the church can be one way, but that doesn't mean you've got to be that way. Man, I deal with Christians all the time that are in dead churches, but man, they're excited. I go to places all the time that have rotten music, but man, they're excited. And I go to places all the time with dead preachers, but yet there are people in that church that are excited. And I remind you in your life, there are going to be people that are half-hearted, believers. That's what it means to be a lukewarm Christian. It means to be half-hearted. It means to be on the fence. It means to be not down but not up. There's going to be people like that in the church. There's going to be people like that in your life. There's going to be people like that in your family. There's going to be people like that in your spiritual walk. But beloved, I remind you tonight, just because they is doesn't mean you got to be. Just because they are a certain way doesn't mean that you have to be. But how many of you know it's a lot easier to cool down hot water than it is to heat up cold water? Beloved, if you hang around lukewarm people too long, I promise you it will not be long before you are lukewarm yourself. I'm funny about who I go around. I'm not funny because I'm, a, I'm an uppity type guy. I'm not funny because I feel like I'm better than everybody. I just know the power of influence. And some of you need to learn the power of influence. You get around the wrong kind of people and they will make you do things you never dreamed of doing. They'll make you think things you never thought about thinking. They'll make you feel things you never thought about feeling. And ultimately, if you get around uh, lukewarm Christians, I promise you, you will not stay in a hot place. Think about it like this. How many of you got, man, I got the, I got the great, Scott, I didn't know this when we looked at that house. They got the, the greatest invention in that house. Right beside the sink is another faucet that comes out. It's instant hot water. And I'm not talking about the kind of hot water you make tea with. I'm talking about the kind of hot water you sanitize mess with. 
I'm talking the kind that'll burn the hair off the back of your hand. I'm talking the kind of water when you're cleaning a coffee pot, when it hits your thumbnail, your thumbnail that normally don't feel stuff will burn. I'm talking hot, scald a hog, hot. I'm talking hot. I'm talking red hot. But you know the problem? I don't care how hot water is. You can put it near lukewarm water, and you know what it'll do? It'll bring that temperature up just a touch, but this temperature will drop insanely quickly. Can I tell you something? Lukewarm people will not be able to hang around hot people unless they change one of the two. And I promise you, you can't bring up a lukewarm person with your demeanor. Lukewarm people aren't happy around hot people. Lukewarm people aren't, aren't happy around those kind of people that have a life lived for God. You won't find a lukewarm person that enjoys shouting. You won't find a lukewarm person that enjoys prayer meetings. You won't find a lukewarm person that'll go to church on a Sunday night. You won't find many lukewarm people that want to live live for God on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. You won't find many lukewarm people. Listen to me now. I'm telling you, you'll find lukewarm people like to hang around lukewarm people. But if you're not careful getting around those lukewarm people, you'll become lukewarm and not even know it. Man, I'm so excited. I finally got a bathtub. You know what I want to do? I just want to soak in my filth is what I want to soak in. Because you know that's all a bathtub is. You're just soaking in your mess. Dead skin cells and all. That's nasty. I got to get a shower before I get a bath. I can't take it. It tears my nerves up. You know the problem, Austin? Son, I'm talking about water. I look like Sebastian the lobster when I get in that thing. I want that water so hot, it'll set the hairs what I want. You know the problem with bathtubs and pots and anything else like that? You hang out in it long enough, You'll never tell the temperature drop until it gets to a place when you realize something's changed. Something ain't what it used to be. That's exactly what it is being a lukewarm Christian. You don't notice yourself going down slowly. You don't notice yourself getting less on fire. You don't notice yourself until you reach this place and you look and say, what happened in my life? What happened to my walk with God? And usually what, sig what signals off the fact that you're lukewarm is a problem arises and it evokes a response and you don't have what you used to have. Something happens, and then you say, wait a second, why do I feel like I can't pray right now? Wait a second, that song used to bless me, why don't it bless me anymore? I used to enjoy hearing that. I used to enjoy why, and you'll notice that. Here's my question, how do you know if you are a lukewarm believer? I'll give you four things that you can know, but let me show you something right quickly. I'm going to give you these four reasons, but i got to give you these three reasons in these last days because if you don't understand these three, you're never going to get to these four. But if I give you the three, then you'll get the four, but hold on to the three because if you don't get the three, you'll never like the four. And if you don't understand these three, I promise you when it comes time to get to the four, you're going to think so wrong with you. So hear me on the three, then I'll get to the four. Number one, in these last days, you've got to understand the combat in the last days will be with the spirit of Laodicea. 
What you're going to fight on a day-by-day basis is staying hot for God. The thing that you're going to fight on a day-by-day basis is keeping your love for Christ. That day-by-day basis, keeping that zeal for Christ. You'll find that the combat of the last days will be a lukewarm spirit, will be a lukewarm mindset, will be a lukewarm attitude, will be a lukewarm thought toward church, a lukewarm thought toward your Bible reading, a lukewarm thought toward your praying, a lukewarm thought toward understanding understanding the ways of God. Here's what will happen. Man, you'll be on fire one day. You'll be on fire the next day. The next day will come up and something will pop up. Then one day leads to two days and two days leads to three days. And before you know it, the soul that was hot has faded so quickly. And listen to me. I pastor you. I've been here now almost 10 years. I do my best to walk with God. I do my best to study I'm probably not the most spiritual, but I try to be. Hear me now. I battle it every day of my life. And I live around church people nine and a half out of ten days. And I promise you, if I'm battling a lukewarm spirit and I'm having to fight that that feeling of that spirit of Laodicea on my life, I can't imagine what you people have to battle. I can't imagine what you're having to go through out there and around this world, out there around these people that don't care about God, don't care about church. But here's what I'm telling you right now. That battle that you're feeling on the inside, that's that spirit of Laodicea that is on this land, is on the church of Jesus Christ. And that's going to be the combat you fight in the last days. Number two, you've got to understand this. The commonplace of the last days is going to be the spirit of Laodicea. Can I tell you something? It's going to be normal for people to be lukewarm. If you have a prayer life, you're going to be the anomaly. If you want to see people get saved, you're going to be the oddball. If you go to church on Sunday night, you're going to be the one that don't fit in. If you are trying to live for God and fast over your loved ones, you're going to be the one that doesn't fit in. You know, used to, it used to be this thing at work, in your family. Everybody went to church. Now people go to church, and they don't even believe what you believe anymore and go to church. Man, we got to fight things in church now among church people. I never thought we would fight over. I never thought we would battle over. You see, the commonplace in the last days, it's not going to be a church on fire. It's not going to be a church that's red hot for God. It's not going to be a people that are going out there. In your life, you are going to have to understand the people around you are going to be in that spirit of Laodicea. You need to understand that. Why? Because if you don't understand that, you'll constantly feel like, what's the point? That's the whole point. You're the only one that'll stand. You're the only one that'll be on fire. You're the only one that'll live for God. Number three, you've got to understand this. The calamity of the last days, believer, is the spirit of Laodicea. We are so close to the coming of the Lord Jesus. We are so close to the tribulation beginning. We are so close to all of this being over. Wouldn't you think this would be the time when God's people ought to be red hot for God? But they're lukewarm. Look at the world around us. Man, we're talking about COVID. They're talking about a resurgence of COVID. And now they're talking about monkeypox. And people are losing their minds. And what's the church doing? Lukewarm. 
We may or may not care. We may or may not do. We may or may... Listen, the calamity of the last days when we stand before the Lord, the Lord's going to look at us and say, for once in the history of this nation, you didn't have people that felt like they were Christians. You know, for so many years, you had to convince people they weren't Christians and convince people just because they went to church, they weren't saved. But here we are in the last days. And man, we ought to be able to look at people and say, are you a Christian? They're going to look at you in the face and say, nope, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a believer. I don't go to church and I don't care. And man, that ought to be the time when we say, hey, let me tell you about the loving Lamb of God. But the average Christian is going to say, okay, well, you believe your way and I'll just believe my way. That's the calamity of all calamities. Can you imagine being on an airplane as it goes down and you've got the key to the life reservers? A ship heading down? Can you imagine having the key and keeping the key in your pocket? But yet that's what the spirit of Laodicea does. So let me give you the four things. How do you know if you are lukewarm? I'll give you these four things. Number one, you know you're lukewarm according to verse, according to verse number 15 when you are purposeless. When you are purposeless. Look at what verse number 15 says. He says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. Now that's not a reference. I told you this morning. That's not a reference to the fact that God either wants you to be on fire or dead. What that's a reference to, the hot was a reference to the warm baths at Ephesus. And it was also a reference to the warm springs at Hierapolis. Here's what, here's what John's saying. He's saying, man, I want you to serve your purpose like the hot water at Ephesus. Or be cold like the cool wells of Colossae. Can I tell you, this is deep, it's wide, and it's big theology. You ready? Hot water and cold water ain't the same. But which is better? Depends on what you need. Beloved, I remind you tonight, your gift and my gift, they're different. Some of you have an ability. Some of you have a mind. Some of you have this calling. Some of you have that gifting. But what you're going to find is as you get lukewarm, you'll no longer see and be operating in your purpose in life. What is that purpose? God has given to you a certain gift. The Holy Ghost, when he saved your soul, gave you a gift. And everybody's gift is different. Some people is to preach. Some people is to sing. Some people is to encourage. Some people is to pray. Some people have the gift of faith. Some people have the gift of financial ability. Some people just have the gift to be a blessing to other people. But what you'll find is everybody's gift's different. But when you get lukewarm on God, you lose that drive and that purpose. Can I ask you a question? Are you aimlessly wandering? You just wake up and go to bed and wake up and go to bed. You never stop one time during the course of that day and you say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? God, send somebody into my path I can be an encouragement to. God, send somebody my way that I can witness to. You see, you'll find when you're on fire for God, you'll say, Lord, I may be hot. I may not be like that cold water over there, but Lord, send somebody my way that can heal and get healed. Then there are people over here. Man, I, I, me, I'm, I'm amazed at how kids are different, but I'm amazed at how men and women are different. I've been married now for, for how many years I've been married now? 
And it is amazing how different we are. We live in the same place. We got youngins. We got the same bank account, driving the same cars, live in the same house, but we're different. Man, the kids will run to me. Say, Daddy, I hurt my arm. Daddy, I hurt my finger. Daddy, 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 daddy. And especially that little eight-year-old, that's the most drama-filled human being I ever met in my life. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Man, I'm that hot water. And then they can run to their mama with the same boo-boo. And mama just picks them up and holds them. But every now and again, little boo-boo has a little boo-boo. And little boo-boo needs her little tutu tore up. I don't know if there's anybody else in this church like this. When my wife goes to punish my kids, they laugh. They flex. Mason's over here doing his Hulk Hogan rendition. But oh, honey, when daddy comes home, I hear the pitter-patter of little scurrying feet. And man, Erica will text me, and she'll say, you have a situation to handle when you get home. And I'll say, why don't you handle it? And she'll say, they ain't scared of me. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Is her healing helping nature better? Or is my stern nature? It just depends on what situation we're in. Child of God, just because you're different than somebody else in the house of God, it doesn't make you bad and it doesn't make them good. We're just all different. But here's what I'm telling you right now. Are you operating in that gift or have you gotten to that place in your spiritual journey where you just wake up and go to bed and wake up and go to bed and never one time think, Lord, what is your purpose for me today in this life, in this moment? When you get purposeless, I promise you, you've gotten in a lukewarm state. You know, it's amazing. I, I'm a preacher of the gospel, and I can be operating in my gift and not operating in my purpose. Now, I, don't, I, I can't fully explain that, but it goes something like this. It's called going through the motions. Anybody else go through the motions? Honey, just because you're doing what God wants you to do don't mean you're doing it like God wants you to do it. Man, I can get up on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday and stand up to preach and be going through the motions. I'm operating in my gift, but I'm not operating in purpose. What is purpose? Purpose is, Lord, let me help the people you want me to help. Here's my question. Have you got lukewarm and you've lost that mindset every day of your life? Lord, help me today to do what you want me to do in this moment. You've gotten lukewarm when you just go through the motions and operate in the gift. They, listen, just because you're doing something don't mean you're doing something. I, can't, I cannot stress that to Americans enough. We've got this idea that just because we're doing means we're doing. No, 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 no. You know, you can sing in the choir and not have the blessing of God. You can preach a sermon and not have the blessing of God. You can witness to your loved ones and not have the blessing of God. You can have a prayer time and not have the blessing of God. If that zeal, that fire, that love for Christ is not pushing you to do that. Listen, I can go on a five-mile prayer walk every day, but if I'm doing it just to do it and not because I want to do it, 
God says, you're wasting your time. You are now lukewarm and I spew you out of my mouth. Now you're purposeless and you've become lukewarm. Here's another thing you've got to ask. You'll say in verse number 16, you'll know you're lukewarm when you become prayerless. Notice what it says in verse number 16. So then because thou art lukewarm, you're neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now, lukewarm, write this down in your Bible. Lukewarm, the reason that lukewarm was so important to Laodicea is because they sat right south of what was called the Lycus River. In Laodicea, there was no natural water source. So what they had to do is they had to pipe in their water. And they had an aqueduct system. But the pipes in that aqueduct system, what they would do is it would collect heat. And as they would pipe that water from either Hierapolis or Colossae, by the time it traveled so far, by the time it got to its location, it'd be lukewarm. Now, what made it lukewarm? Here's what made it lukewarm. It wasn't insulated to make the journey. You see, the Romans had aqueduct systems, and I show them to people when we go to the Holy Land. They had aqueduct systems, but they insulated the pipes. And what the Romans would do is they could go as long as they wanted to go, but because they were insulated, covered, surrounded, engulfed, they could make the journey. Can I tell you what this has to do with anything? Child of God, it is the will of God for the people of God to bring heaven down to earth. It is the will of God for you and I to make every place that I go a place where heaven is welcome, a place where the holy things of God are welcome. You say, but what does that mean? How do I bring heaven down to earth? You do it by your prayers. How do I bring heaven to my home? By your prayers. How do I bring heaven down to my church? By your prayers. How do I bring heaven into my work? By your prayers. Beloved, it is God's will in your life to be so filled with the Holy Ghost that when people need heaven, you have the power to bring heaven down. And you know how you do it? With your prayers. Some of y'all act like I'm making this up. Have you ever been around somebody that knew Old-timers used to say, how to get a hold of God. Man, I'm talking when they prayed, you knew somebody was on the other end of the line and they were listening. And not just that they were listening, but they were about to do something. That is what it means to bring heaven down to earth. But one thing you will find in your spiritual walk, the first thing that will happen to you when you get lukewarm, you will lose your burden to pray. Now here's the question you have to ask. How do you know if you're lukewarm? This is how you ask the question. When was the last time I saw an answer to my prayers? I didn't say God answered all your prayers. But when was the last time you were so steadfast about something that you knew God had to hear you? Too often we so flippantly roll through praying and prayers. We just go through the motions and we go through the motions and we go through the motions. And honey, the first thing that leaves in my life when I get lukewarm on God is my prayer life. It's the 
first thing that goes, that time getting along with God, that time being in the presence of God, if you have lost that prayerfulness, if you have become a prayerless Christian, the Bible teaches us you are lukewarm. Now, here's a third question. Have you become peaceless? When you are peaceless, you have become lukewarm. Now, I want to show you something here in verse, look down in verse number 17. Notice what it says in verse number 17. Because thou sayest, I'm rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. Now, notice what John says through the Lord Jesus. Knowest not. You have no idea that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Wait a second. Didn't he just say in that verse, you're rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing, but you have no idea that you're poor. You have no idea you're blind. You have no idea you are miserable. You have no idea. Can I tell you what always flees out of my life when I get lukewarm with God? I got all this stuff, but you know what I don't have on the inside? The peace of God. Now here's a question. How do you keep peace in the midst of turmoil? How do you keep peace in the midst of lack? Because listen, there's two obvious answers here. You can be rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing, but yet be all of these things. Or you can not be rich and have need of a lot of things, but yet be none of those things. I want you to notice how many there are. Let's put verse number 17 back up there and let's count them together. How do you keep peace in the midst of turmoil? He says, you know not that you are... Everybody hold your hand up. We're going to count them together. He says, number one, you know not that you are wretched. You know not that you are miserable. You know not that you are poor. You know not that you are blind. You know not that you are naked. Everybody ought to have five on their hand. Five is the number of the grace of God. How do you keep peace in the midst of triumph or in the midst of trial or in the midst of trouble? Everything you go through, you look at it that it's under the hand of a sovereign God that has grace in your life. But here's what happens. Whenever you get lukewarm on God, you lose that trust in Him, that everything is... And you know what we start doing? We start trying to take all of our stuff and grab control. My little boy, when he was... Man, Mason had to be two or three. He's always had a shopping addiction. He loves Target. I'm talking, I'm not talking the kind of target runs that take two minutes. I'm talking the kind of target runs where you are spending a good solid 30 minutes in the store. And it used to be so funny, Scott, when he would go into Target, he would pick up one thing, and then he'd pick up another thing, and then he'd go down the aisle and he'd pick. And what would happen is his little hands would get so full. He started putting them under his arm. And he looked like a little T-Rex reaching up on the shelf. 
and his hands would get full. And here's what would happen to my little Mason. The more stuff he tried to get, the fuller his hands got and the less he could hold on to. And then he would get frustrated because he was dropping stuff. Child of God, that's exactly what it's like when you focus on the stuff of this world. You try to hold as much as you can and you try to run the show like you want to run the show and all of a sudden your hands get full and you start dropping stuff and stuff starts falling through the crack and now all of a sudden you're frustrated because you're losing what you had instead of realizing that no matter what comes my way, I may not be rich and I may not be increased with goods, but I've got peace in my soul because I know everything that comes my way, whether good, whether bad, whether up, whether down, whether in, whether out, it's all by the hand of the grace of God Almighty. How do I know if I'm lukewarm? Are you worried about everything? Whenever we get to that place where all we can think about is what we're losing or what we don't have or what we can't hang on to. You've gotten in that lukewarm place. Man, I I know I got to go, Austin, but I have known so many old-time preachers in my day. I've known some of the best, or I have known the best men that God ever allowed to breathe, I feel like. Man, I've known guys like T.D. Burgess. I, 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 I heard guys like Estes Perkle. Man, I, I heard Brother Joe. I think about Brother Joe right now. I think about Brother Ralph. think about Brother Ralph Sr. I, I think about some of these guys. And you know something about them old-time preachers, old-time Christians. I feel like they didn't worry about nothing. I was 18 years old. God first called me to preach. And this was the answer that every single one of them gave me about everything. I'd say, Preacher! How do I get my name out there? You know what they say? God will take care of it. Preacher! What do I do about such and such? God will take care of it. Man, some of these old preachers got to die and I met some of the men that were taking their place and, and then people started talking about me online and it just tore my nerves up. And I'd call, because I mean, I was ready to fight hell by the acre. I'd call them old-time preachers. I'd say, Preacher! What do I do? You know what they'd say? God will take care of it. And you know what I'm finding? I'm 36 and one and a half years old this month. You know what I'm finding? God will take care of it. I don't know how to explain that. I'm just telling you that's the way God operates. But you've become lukewarm when you are peaceless. Let me give you number four. You've become lukewarm when you are powerless. Or excuse me, when you are perplexed. Perplexed. Let me show you something in verse number 18. I've never really paid attention to this verse until I got here this afternoon. Notice what it says. I counsel thee, buy of me gold that's been tried in the fire, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. Why would John give those three specific things? Here's why. Because Laodicea was known for these three things. They were known, number one, in that community of Laodicea. There were Jews that were some of the wealthiest Jews in the entire Middle East. And they lived in Laodicea. 
In AD 62, there was an earthquake that crumbled Laodicea to the ground, and they took zero dollars from Rome. You know why? Because the Jews in that city gave gold in order to build the city back. White Raymond, you know where that was from? Do you know what made those Jews in Laodicea so rich? They had a wool industry. And that's what made them so rich. And then number three, that eye salve, there was this eye salve that was made right outside of Laodicea. And people would come from all over when they had eye ailments. Now here's the point of this whole passage right here. Every problem they thought they had, they tried to fix it with a physical solution. Jesus said... You can take all your gold and none of it will make it through my fire of judgment. You take all the money and all the wool that you have and you can't clothe yourselves in raiment. And then you can take that eye salve that you're famous for and you'll never have any more spiritual discernment. How do you know if you're lukewarm? Here it is. What's going on in your life will perplex you. You'll get to this place where you'll say, well, I don't know why that happened. I don't know why that occurred. I can't figure out why that didn't go. I guess God's mad at me. I guess I've done something wrong. And here's what you'll do. You'll constantly be looking for a physical solution to a spiritual problem. I read again this morning in the book of 2 Kings... The Bible says in Jotham, he served the Lord, but not as David his fathers. And he did not remove the high places. Wherefore, God sent Hazael, the king of Syria, into the land to oppress him. And I said, God, why would you send a wicked king into a righteous man's land in order to oppress him? And I began to see it was because God was trying to get him to tear down the high places. You see, everything in our lives as the people of God, and never forget this, every physical thing that happens in your life has a spiritual anchor somewhere in heaven. God's trying to show you something. God's trying to teach you something. But when you get lukewarm, you start thinking like the world. Your job robs out of nowhere. Everybody's just, just, you're done. You're through. You're gone. And you say, what happened? Could it be God's trying to show you something? Your kids go haywire out of nowhere. And the first thing we start doing, what have I done wrong? What did I change? What could I have done? Could it be that God's trying to teach you something? All of a sudden, life gets turned upside down on its head. And it's not always bad. But what happens is God's trying to take you back to that spiritual place. But when you're constantly perplexed, I don't understand that. And you may not always understand it, but you go back to number three, you can have peace in it. I don't understand everything in my life. I don't understand everything in Erica's life. I don't understand everything we go through. I don't even understand some of the things that we have to talk about and deal with now. I don't understand it all. But I've arrived at this place where I say, God, I may not see it, but I know there's a purpose. And this unusual peace flows over my soul. Beloved, God needs on fire Christians operating in their gifts, operating in their purpose. 
You can't be lukewarm and survive in this culture.